discussing Paul's letter to, first, uh, to the Corinthian church, and it's entitled, Jesus is the Answer. As we dive back into the text, allow me to reestablish the original context of this letter. We remember that Paul was still addressing the same issue that we started with. It was prevalent within the church, within the members of the church. They were dividing. They were experiencing divisions among themselves. So far, Pastor Isaac and Pastor Jared's last messages for the past two weeks can be framed into this question. Does God need the power of man to get things done? Does God need the power of man to get things done? Is God hindered, limited, restricted, bounded, enslaved to human limitation? Is God helped by human gifts, abilities, strengths, personalities, eloquence, education? Does God need the power of man to get things done? Renowned leadership speaker and author, John Maxwell, is well known for this quote we all might have heard already. Everything rises and falls on leadership. You see, if this is true, then hiring the best leaders, training the best employees, and equipping our members will be tantamount of first priority for our organizational success. Because it's all about the leaders we have. In the Corinthian context, this would mean that everything, absolutely everything about the church, its success, its mission, its vision, rises and falls on its leader. If this was the case, then it means it matters most which leader you decide to appoint as your top leader. Because it means the church will rise and fall based on Paul. The church will rise and fall based on Apollos. The church will either rise or fall on Cephas. That would make divisions very, very reasonable because it relies on your choice. It relies ultimately on the leader you choose to line up behind. Then, for all your strength, divide among yourselves because this decision will determine the success of God's mission. If John Maxwell's quote will stand, this sounds very wise. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's logical to our natural senses. The verses that surround our passage for today addresses this very question. It's the same question. Does God need the power of man to get things done? Because if he does, then we need a powerful man only a powerful man. But the previous week's passages have provided us with some helpful spiritual insight. First, Paul turns to them. He points at them. Remember, this letter was meant to be read aloud in a gathering such as this, but it was in Corinth. Open letter, then it reads. He says, think back to how you were called into God's kingdom. Not many of you were wise according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive. Not many of you were of power. And yet, somehow God made something out of seemingly nothings and nobodies. Don't you remember? Then he turns to point at himself. And he says, remember how I was when I was with you. I came not leading with my education. Here's my diploma. 
here's my training, here's who I am, why I should be your pastor because I've been trained 52 years. I've been studying the scripture. I memorized 77 verses. He didn't start with that. He didn't lead with that. He didn't establish his ministry based on his competence or his power. He said he resolved to boast nothing except the testimony of Christ and a demonstration of the power of the Spirit in his life. He is pointing the attention of the Corinthians to a higher truth. That God chooses to start with nothings, seemingly foolish raw materials, and turn them into somethings so that no one can say, See, it was because I was very educated. Nag-Ateneo kasi ako eh. Naglasal kasi ako. Paano kung hindi ako naglasal? Hindi na siguro ako magiging mabuting leader. No. He says it's not about that. He says he chooses the ones who are fishermen. Tax collectors. To be his disciples. To further his kingdom. Because in his wisdom, he says, I will shame the wisdom of the world with true wisdom. See what I can do with absolutely nothing. God was showing and demonstrating his vast power. How he is powerful enough to turn rain into fire, to turn water into wine. We humans must admit that we are indeed simply jars of clay that are privileged to contain glorious power within us. This must change how we see ourselves. This must change what we divide ourselves over. This must change how we view others. This is the hidden and secret wisdom of God. No society will teach you this. Society will tell you, look at his competencies, look at his resume, look at his education, how much orgs he was in. The secret and wisdom of God works differently. And so today, we start by equipping ourselves with a spiritual lens. 1 Corinthians 2 6 to 16. You may open your Bibles with me. For those who, have bring, who bring their own Bibles, that will be very good. You can mark it down. You can interact with your text so as to interact with the word of the Lord this morning. So let's read this together. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. We're doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is our passage for this morning. We'll look at it in two ways. We'll look first at the wisdom of God, its characteristics, and we'll learn how to have and how to handle the wisdom of God. 
Let's start with this. The wisdom of God is said to be secret and hidden. It was secret and hidden. Because the rulers did not understand this secret and hidden wisdom of God, the outcome was that they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember at the time for the Jews, everything rose and fell on the coming and promised Messiah. He was supposed to come as a promised savior to save them from their Roman rule so that they can finally be free and to trample on their neighboring enemies. This was the God that they were waiting for. This was the God that they were praying for. So they could not see how this son of a carpenter born in a manger who lived, walked, and learned how to run in the same streets that they grew up with. A young boy from Nazareth. What good comes out of Nazareth? How can this be? How can this guy from Nazareth, who grew up with us, who is that guy's son, claim to be the Messiah? The wisdom of God was secret. It was hidden. It cannot be understood even by the brightest religious rulers. These rulers had studied the scriptures all their lives. They devoted themselves to prayer and to religion. And yet they could not see the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not bought or earned by religion or religiosity, wisdom or eloquence, not even spiritual education. Spiritual rulers were saying, is this it? Ito na ba yun? Itong bata na to? Everything rises and falls on this little boy? This carpenter's son? Is our Messiah not supposed to be from a line of kings, of royalty, of noble birth? A charismatic king like David, who would lead armies and conquer countries and nations who make us into a nation of prosperity like King Solomon, his son. But what about this little carpenter boy? He didn't even study. He wasn't even educated. An ordinary man, our king, who promises to bring glory to Israel? This doesn't make sense. This is not wise. This is not how God would think. This is not how God would do. Is not how God would raise up a leader. God would raise up a leader from better than a manger, right? The wisdom of the world saw a carpenter's son. Nothing more, nothing less. Crucify him, the rulers of this age said. He's an ordinary boy trying to steal our fame Let's tidy him up before he makes too much noise. You see, the wisdom of God was secret, hidden. It cannot be understood even by the brightest religious men. So if you think that you're attending church so that you can understand the wisdom of God, you will fail. Not even religion can help you understand God. The wisdom of God is unacceptable and incomprehensible to the natural man. It says this in verse 14 to 15. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able, no ability, to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The word natural here was used by Paul to describe people who are enslaved to their appetites, to their logic, to their minds, to their thoughts to the human nature, to their desires, to what makes sense to the human mind. So this natural man is unable to accept or even comprehend the spiritual things because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Let's take a look at how natural men who relied on their own understanding and interpretation responded to Jesus and his person. Many of the Jews, John 11, 45 to 48, 53, had seen how he raised Lazarus back from the dead. So they believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? 
For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. From that day onward, they sought to kill Jesus. The wisdom of God was unacceptable and incomprehensible. How can this promised Savior, claiming to be the Son of God, who's supposed to restore the glory of us, his people, be starting his life by taking away all our glory? Impossible. This cannot be the Son of God. This must be a crazy person. Because the promised Messiah was supposed to bring us glory, fame, honor, to make us sit at the right and the left of God so that we can finally have gold, silver, robed with majesty. But this man, this Jesus, who's claiming to be the Son of God, as he began his ministry, short ministry as it was, was beginning to threaten all of their glories. He was supposed to trample on the Romans, but now his ministry is giving the Romans enough reason to stop religion. This should not be, the natural man said. This cannot be, the natural man thought. This is outrageous. This is too scandalous. It must be cleaner than this. It must be more linear than this. It must be more glorious than this. This is totally opposite to how I would expect God would come in my life. This is totally opposite to how I think God would think. This doesn't make sense to me, to my senses. Look at him. He's eating with sinners. Son of God, claiming to be Messiah, dining with drug addicts, prostitutes, demon-possessed people. This doesn't make sense. This is actually disgusting. Kadire. Bayan, anak ng Diyos. Kadire. Di ba niya alam yung naghuhugas ng paa niya? Kung ilang lalaki na yung nalasahan niyan? Kadire. To the natural man, this makes zero sense. Claim to be the son of God. Yuck. In their blindness and ignorance, they crucified this Lord of glory. Sounds very smart. Sounds very logical. They gathered the council to make such a wise decision. But the wisdom of the world did not know God. So the wisdom of God is hidden unseen and now also unacceptable and incomprehensible to religious elites and those who relied on their own understanding and interpretation of this world. This is how it should be, so this does not fit, therefore it's not how God would think. It doesn't appeal to my senses, it doesn't appeal to my logic, therefore it will not be the wisdom of God. This is not how God will work. Isip ko lang, sa tingin ko lang, hindi ganun si Lord. Ako, ikaw, ako, ako. They, they relied on their own understanding to interpret the world. Luke 23, 33 to 34. And when they came to the place that it's called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Religious elites screaming at the cross. I was having my devotions and one of the verses just struck me during Jesus' road to the crucifixion. They put the sack over his head. They pushed him to the soldiers. Then the soldiers punched him. Pam, pam, pam. Ano sabi nila? Prophesy. Sabihin mo nga kung anong pangalan nung sumuntok sa'yo. Boom. Iyan, kilala mo yon. Yan, kilala mo? Ito, sumipa sa'yo. You know him? Say his name. Stupid. Disgusting little criminal. And yet we have this God 
scandalous. Did not utter a sound. When in fact he could name where, who, how they were. This wisdom of God is incomprehensible to us. Would we have written such a movie like this? Walang ganto aganda na movie. Because we can't even imagine this kind of story. We can't even imagine this kind of God who would be disrespected like that. Hanging on the cross, be praying for those same people by name. Tell me, who punched you? He wouldn't say their names. But on the cross, naked, stripped, beaten, bloodied, he was saying their names, asking God for forgiveness for those names. What kind of wisdom was this? Is this wise? Would you tell your son to do such a thing like that? It's crazy. Let's just call it crazy. It's too much. R18 ba yun? Baka R62 na yun eh. Di kaya. It's too violent. It's too much. And yet the wisdom of God says this is how the story must play out. Unacceptable to us. Does it make sense to our logic? It doesn't even sit easy. Pwede ba to sa YouTube? Babawal to. So Paul quotes Isaiah 64. But you see, as it is written, it has been written, it has been told to you that no eye has seen, no ear has ever heard, nor any heart has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. The ways of God, the things of God, the heart of God is not seen, not heard, and can never be imagined by man himself. Could you have written out a story like that? All the brilliant directors and movie creators and writers and novelists could not even come up or imagine such a story. Jesus Christ suffered and bled in the hands of the blind, the ignorant, the natural, to reveal the secret and hidden wisdom of God. That this indeed is how glory is. This is how glory enters the world. Who could have imagined a God like this? Not me. I would have made it more clean, more fantastic, more for Disney. Right? The creator of the universe took on flesh and came to dwell among his people. He was in the world, and yet the world did not know him. In their own understanding and worldly wisdom, they did not recognize him. He came to his own, and yet his own did not receive him. For he had no form nor majesty that we should admire him. He was unimpressive in appearance. He was an outsider who dined with outsiders. The forgotten, the neglected, the marginalized, the poor, the sick, the disgusting, the thrown aways, the uselesses of this world. Those were his friends. Those were his BFFs. What? Can this be the Lord of glory? Natural man says no. Yup. The religious man says, impossible. The God of holy of holies coming like this? Cannot be. The God who created this beautiful world would come in such an ordinary form like a carpenter's son? Can this son of a carpenter claim to be the king of the Jews? Claiming to be the king of the Jews. Come down from the cross, kaya mo? King ka pala ng Jews eh. Baba ka nga dyan. Could you have imagined such a God like this? He was killed. He was murdered. He was manhandled. He was crucified. 
and yet at his last moment, he was willingly giving up himself for us. Could you have imagined a son like this? Would you have prayed for your son to become a man like this? You couldn't even imagine. Your highest dreams that you have for your kids does not even match the highness of this God. How was it the will of the Lord to crush him? Does that make sense to us? To put him to grief, does that make sense to us? To use a sinless soul as an offering for all the guilty, does that make sense to us? To bear the sins of the world, the innocent, does that make sense? To make intercession for the blind, the sick, the murderers. He was killed for them. Does that make sense to your natural senses? Does that even make sense to religion? This is a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Have you ever seen such a man who had laid down his life for a good person, much less for a murderer? Would you? Have you? Greater love has no one than this, the Savior of the world, the Lord of glory. The wisdom of God was secret and hidden. The religious, the natural cannot see it. Jesus cried, last moment, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split, the tombs were also opened. And so when the centurion, who was tasked to guard him on the cross, saw this, earthquake, temple, tombs, Maybe, maybe this really was the Son of God. What have we done? Really? Oh, shoot. What did we do? Uh oh. Uh oh. Suddenly everything makes sense. Kapala. Everything we ever thought. I could have imagined that this guy that we just killed was truly the Son of God. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. On the cross, it was revealed to us. The secret and hidden wisdom of God was revealed to us on that cross that this was the God we could never have imagined. He was this kind of God. Could he be something we would never think of? Yes, he is. Could he do things we could never have imagined he would do? Yes, he did. Would he have written such a scandalous and dramatic story? Hindi siguro, yes, he did. The wisdom of God puts to shame all your education, all your religion, all your scripture memorization, even your spiritual disciplines, your perfect attendance in church, in class, in seminary. You never would have thought, but yes, it was. This was the wisdom of the cross. This was the glory of the cross. This was the scandal of the cross. Crazy. It was wild. It was too much for our little brains and our little wisdom. And so as we look again at how the playwright took the stage and entered his own story, we are being confronted with a wisdom that puts all our assumptions about God to shame. He is a God who truly exceeds even imagination. He's not thwarted by the guilty hands of the ignorant, nor is he limited by the ordinary obedience of the simple. His ability is beyond our conceptions. This is what the cross shows us. You thought you had stopped him. You thought you had thwarted his plans. You thought sin would even hinder righteousness. And yet through sin, righteousness was born. Through death, 
life was achieved through his blood spilled our own blood guilty as we are is spared this is crazy we have a wild God we really do wilder than our imaginations this was what Paul was establishing he was talking to a Corinthian church that was dividing based on reason and logic. Sige nga, debate tayo. Paul ka or Apollos or Peter? Sit down. Okay, show us your PowerPoint presentation, your research data. How many souls? How many salvation? How many preaching sermons did Paul do? Sige, later we will present Apollos. Then you later, you present Peter. It was based on data, based on wisdom, based on what they could conceive and perceive about Paul and how he could lead the church, Apollos, how he could lead and how he could not lead, Peter, how he should lead and how he should not lead. And yet, Paul was establishing, wait, 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 atras, 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 time out. Remember what kind of God we are building this church on? An unimaginable God who exceeds human wisdom, how could you have thought that this carpenter's son would lead to the salvation of the world? Souls who have never met him will be saved because of him. The promise of God to Abraham to have descendants as many as the stars in the sky and the sands in the seashore was achieved by a child who was born in a manger. It doesn't make sense, right? But we've seen it. It's what we're building on top of. It's what we're continuing. This is the story we're entering into. So what makes you think that logic will be a reliable source of guidance? Because logic never began the story. It was all unimaginable, secret, hidden wisdom of God. So the only way we can understand how to continue the story, how to discern, how to abide in the story, and stay within the playwright's authorship is not through logic and reason, nor is it through education or religion. There must be a different method of discerning God's ways. One helpful quote that I always remember is from C.S. Lewis, who wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. He says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by the rising of the sun, I see the rest of the world. Paul was trying to tell them this. Look, guys, the cross, the risen sun. You cannot believe it, but to see it, to see the cross, to witness the story of the cross will make sense to you only if you use it to see the rest of the timeline, to see and discern the rest of the world. The cross is the central event, the central lens that we must have of what God can do and God, what God will do and the kind of people he might use. A carpenter? A Gentile? A widow? If God can achieve glory out of that, what might he do? So many answers that exceed Paul, Apollos, and Peter. So in order for us to understand this spiritual God, it's not through religion, it's not through education, it's not through our senses or our logic. We must have a spiritual lens. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.21 For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Proverbs 9.10 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The only way we gain true wisdom is not from the education or the logic or the senses of this age, of this society. This generation does not help us know God. That's what 1 Corinthians 1.21 is saying. He says, you want to know God, you want to understand life and godliness and what we're here for, don't start by reading books. Start by having the knowledge of God. Get to know Him. Get to know Him because by Him, you will see everything else. The sun rises to show us the rest of the world. The sun is risen so that we can understand the rest of our world. It is not our education that leads us to understanding God. It says you will begin to have wisdom to understand God when you start to fear Him. When He is high above education, Ateneo, La Salle, Masters, Business Acumen, TED Talks, when he, you hold the wisdom of God and the fear of the Lord. Lord, ikaw lang makakabigay sa akin ng sagot. Only you have the answers to life. If you begin to have that on your knees posture, Lord, paano ba? Hindi ko maget. Lord, ano ba gagawin mo? Hindi ko alam. When you only start to have that fear, that reverence, that reference, kay Lord ka na talaga nagbabase, that's the only time you will begin to have wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is what gives you insight. Aha! Kilala ko na si God. Kaya, hmm, sa tingin ko, ganito mabuhay. Kung ganito si Jesus, hmm, may insight ako konti, ah, kung paano ako dapat. Ah. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Worldly wisdom does not lead to the knowledge and understanding of God. Let me just reaffirm it. Fear of God and knowledge of the Holy One is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. If you want to be wise, if you want, you want your family, your kids to be wise, you don't give them to more tutors or more classes or more after class. I'm not saying don't do that, but it, that is completely limited to the scandalous story we're entering into. The world and the story that they're entering into is not a story that can be understood by tutors or more swimming lessons. That will help them in the world, but not, not, that will not lead them to becoming wise in the world. The only way you can help your kids in the next generation to live proper lives is to introduce to them the knowledge of God. Do you know God? It's the most important thing to understand the story we're entering into. So let me invite ourselves. Just reflect for a moment. Do I tend to view God's reality through my own logic? My own reason? Do I tend to make decisions based on my own logic? Mm, yeah, I heard in prayer, I should not talk to him. Sabi ni Lord sa akin, para daw masaya at peace ako. Diba? He is the God of peace. Hindi ko na siya kakausapin. Yung asawa ko. Or do you tend to decide, allow, and surrender your intentions, your motivations, your decisions in reference to the kind of God that you know is revealed on that cross? I know I answer no. May the Lord help us. Having the wisdom of God, number two. Paano nga? If most of us are natural men, which we all are, we use our own brains, we use our own logic to make decisions, bibili ba ako ng Jollibee or McDo, two-piece ba or burger steak, we use our own wisdom to make the decisions of the world. How can we access a different wisdom? How? How can we have this different mind? I saw this meme that I thought was pretty funny. 
sorry. Couldn't turn off the mic in time. The book Understanding Women has finally arrived in bookstores. It was that huge. It's a meme. Early on in my relationship with my girlfriend, who's now my ex-girlfriend because she's my wife, I would have paid a lot for this book. Because this is how we were. Sample lang to, ah. Di na siya ganito ngayon. She told me to say, babe, sabihin mo naman di na ako ganito ngayon. Pero dati lang to. This was around 12 years ago. Babe, okay lang ba? Basketball lang ako tonight. Sabihin ni babe, okay lang. So mentally, ganito na yan. A, pwede, yes. Impake na ako. B, okay lang. Di ata okay yun ah. Huwag ka na pumunta. C, Okay lang? Ibig sabihin yata niya, dapat alam ko na na hindi okay kasi kailangan ko siyang iyain na mag-date na lang tayo. C. Or D, all of the above. Lahat yun, pwede. Lagi akong D. Kaya nakaupo na lang ako. Bro, nasan ka na? Bro, hindi ata okay eh. Minsan, Pupunta ka nalang, tapos magsasorry ka nalang pagkatapos. Sadali. Mahirap. That's what our verse is saying. Who understands the mind of a person? Is it not the spirit of the person within him? I cannot understand my wife. It's so hard. How much more can we understand the wisdom of God? who is not seen, nor heard, nor a God we can ever imagine. Paano kaya yun? At this point in today's message, you may be asking, hmm, spiritual lens? How do I know if it's my thoughts or is it God's thoughts that I'm thinking? Right? Bakit sinasabi sa akin ni Lord, iba, pero ako lang pala yun. I'm just listening to my own voice and my own wisdom. How do I access this? 1 Corinthians 2.9 The first promise that we get to have is that these things God has revealed to us. Not to everyone, huh? notice. He doesn't say God has revealed to everyone through the Spirit. He said to us. But who was he talking to? Who was Paul talking to that was revealed? Si kayo daw, kayo. Tayo, tayo daw, tayo. Sino yung tayo? We can see that in verse Sorry, I think the reference verse is wrong. This is a First Corinthians chapter one. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who, in every place, call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was the us that he was talking to. The only people who have been revealed the wisdom that is secret and hidden from the rest of the world are those that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus, who call on Him by faith, who believe in Him, who have placed their trust in Him as their Lord and Savior. Those that are called to be saints, to be holy. To those who are not just in Corinth, but to those who are in every place, call upon Jesus. Those are the ones who God has revealed His hidden and secret wisdom to. So secret agents na tayo lahat. Secret agents. Let's take a look at our passage again. How does he reveal the wisdom of God? How? He said, through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Many of us feel that the God, the Father, is easier to understand. We think of God, the Father, as a Father. It's much better to understand. He gave us the Son. He gave us the world. He created the world. And then evangelicals also emphasize Jesus Christ. We've talked about Jesus Christ this whole 30 minutes. It's easy to know Jesus Christ, but the Spirit? Who is this Spirit? Is this a ghost? Is this like a mystical figure? Is this like a legend? Allow me to use an imperfect illustration. Just like I said, all illustrations are wrong, but most of them are helpful. I think this illustration is helpful. Hopefully, this will not consume too much time. But this was my favorite movie from 2023, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. This was directed by one of my favorite directors, Christopher Nolan. If you know Christopher Nolan, he has a very distinct spin on how he makes films. 
He uses usually an, an element of time. He plays around with time. He also uses intricate sound design. He also uses a scientific angle to all his movies. Then he always reuses his cast. His favorite actors always get recasted because he's, he loves working with the same actors. This is how he is known. This is how he stands out. Killian Murphy was the main character on Oppenheimer, one of my favorite actors from Peaky Blinders 2. This is what he says about Christopher Nolan. He's brilliant with actors. He understands actors. He loves actors, Christopher Nolan. He really believes in actors and what they can bring to the story and to the character. So an awful lot of the time, we'll just find it. We'll be shooting and we'll be finding the scene. And he'll let us experiment and explore stuff. Then he may come in and he'll just whisper very quietly in your ear. And generally, the notes are very precise and succinct and brief. But they can totally spin the performance. That's Christopher Nolan's genius. It also comes from the fact that he's written it. So he has direct access to it. But he's phenomenal, like really phenomenal. There's an illustration. Like I said, all illustrations are imperfect and will break at some point, but I feel this will be helpful for us to understand the Holy Spirit. You see, we are all like actors being invited to a story we don't have direct access to, nor have we written it. We are secret agents or secret actors. And oftentimes, it's the director of the movie who knows how each scene must play out. You don't know. You're just an actor being hired to enter into a script that someone else had written. A story you did not write. You're just entering into it. So to play the movie properly, to portray the characters properly, to make the movie play out as it should, at hindi mamamatay si Oppenheimer sa dulo, kailangan mo sumunod sa script, sa director. In the same way, Killian Murphy is an actor who's entering into a movie that Nolan wrote. In many instances, he doesn't know what kind of vibe he must do. Emotional ba tong scene na to? Dapat ba mag-react ako dito? Dapat ba tahimik lang ako pag sinabi nung co-actor ko tong linya na to? He doesn't know. So he takes notes. Okay, okay, okay. Sige, sige, sige. And so the actor is in desperate need of the director's directing. And you would imagine, just like Killian Murphy has been casted in six Nolan films, the more intimate the director is with his actors, the easier for Killian Murphy to act out the scene that he knows Nolan wants because he already understands the kind of movies that Nolan wants to create and the kind of tone that Nolan directs his movies. You have an intimacy. You have a relationship. So there's a feel. You already have the feel of each other. This illustration, I hope, is helpful for us to understand how to walk with the Spirit, to be directed by the Spirit. You must know the feel. You must know the Holy One. You must know how He is, His distinct way, of writing out stories, his distinct way of interacting with human nature. And the more you know that, the more you are guided by it. The more you can hear those whispers. Ah, pagkandan dito si Nolan ngayon, sasabihin niya, lakihan ko yung mata ko. Kailan Murphy puro matay. So you know, you almost can hear his voice even though Nolan's not there. Physically, he's just behind the camera. And so for us Christians, the more we walk with God, the more we can be able to hear His voice and the kind of gentle whispers in each moment so we can have a spiritual lens of how to react, how to discern, how to interpret our everyday situations. So the Spirit of God is given for us so that we can understand the things freely given us by God. The spiritual person judges all things. He discerns all things because who has them understood the mind of the Lord so as to be instructed? But we do. We have the mind of Christ. 
We have been given the Spirit of God so that we can understand the things of God, the story that we're playing, the actors that we are, the secrets that He's trying to reveal to the world. The ending of the story has been revealed through the cross. The method of the cross should open the dimension of our imagination as to how He works, the kind of people He might use. Carpenter's son, baka yan, bro. Whereas before, in that. So, this revelation should lead to discernment. This revelation of God and how He is should lead us to understanding so that it can instruct us. Talaga, magpapastor ka, di ka naman nag-aaral na maayos eh, dati, cheating ka lang lagi. But really, the cross opens up our imagination. Baka pwede to. Itong di nag-aaral na to. Itong di magaling magsalita. Baka pwede to. If people were to judge me according to the natural sense, I would never be a pastor. My high school friends still always ask me, Bro, ikaw talaga yung pinakahuling inisip kong magiging pastor, bro. Ikaw pinakabasto sa atin eh. Eh, kayo nagbubuli sa amin dati lagi. The natural man would have disqualified me from being here up front. I'm probably still disqualified. But the cross of Christ completely shatters all our imagination and logic as to the people he wants to use, the lives that he can call, and the children he wants to, to use for his story. I want that actor in my movie. What? That guy? Why not this guy? No, that guy. So the Corinthians were being blasted in their logic. Lakihan niyo utak niyo, sabi ni Paul. Paul? Apollos, Peter, wala lang yan. Isipin mo nga kung paano ginamit ni Lord yung buong story ng Israelites, Gentiles, Jews, orphans. Part of the story, who else can he not use to build up the church? Relax. Relax. So as we interact with each other in the church, have we, have we been allowing the Spirit to lead our minds into understanding and instruction? Have you been listening to direct the director's voice, the whispers? How has he written the story so far? It will inform you how he would probably write the story to the end. Di naman pwede Disney movie tapos biglang may Oppenheimer, di ba? Nolan movie, alam mo na kung Nolan yan. If God was the author of this story, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith, then there has to be consistency to the kind of God that he is, who is not changing yesterday, tomorrow, or today. My consistency is God. And so, it would be smart for us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Because we must not trust in ourselves. Please flash the verse. And lean not on our own understanding. Because our understanding crucified the Lord of glory. In every way, in every day, we must acknowledge Him. Lord, paano ka nga? Pag nandito ka today, paano kaya to? And that's the way our paths will be straight. We must not be wise in our own eyes. Yun yung first posture. Hindi, nga, hindi ko pala nagigets, no? Kasi kung matalino ko, hindi ko naman magigets yung cross, eh. I wouldn't have thought of that. But if that's what wisdom is, I don't have it, then I must not be reliant on my own mind to make everyday decisions. Because I might flop this whole movie and someone else might be casted in my position. If I want to be part of this story, God's story, then I must think like God, which I do not. So be not wise in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord above all else. Consult Him above all else. Last story na to. Papatawa lang ako bago tayo mag-end. Yung mga iba, yung asawa ko kasi doktor. May ibang tao magtatanong sa doktor, Dok, ano ba sa tingin yung sakit ko? Sabi ni Dok, ganito, ganito. Oh, ganito lang yan. Tapos mamaya-maya, may kita mo, pumunta sa ibang doktor. Tapos maghanap ng ibang opinion. Okay lang naman yun kasi gusto mo mag-grado. Pero headache lang yun eh. Headache lang. So what does it mean? Hello? It means that you're completely not really trusting in my wife as a doctor with all your heart, with all your mind. That's fine because she's imperfect as a human being. But with God, sometimes we do that. Sinabi na ni Lord to eh. 
Pero tatanong mo pa kay Buddha. Ano ibig sabihin? It means, this wisdom plus this wisdom, yan. Okay? Gagaling daw ako mag, uh, sa, sa sakit ko kapag tumalun daw ako three times. Tapos yung furniture ko nakaharap sa northeast 13 degrees daw. Tapos nagpa-counseling ako sa Christian pastor. Trust in the Lord of all things, of all everywhere, of all lords and of all gods with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Fear Him above all else. Lahat ng chips, all in ako, Lord. Yun yung mga taong, I will make your path straight. All in ka sa akin, akong bahala sa'yo. Those are the people who see God, who play out the story properly. Intense, no? Nakakatakot. Ganun talaga ang Christian life. How is the Spirit imparted to us? We impart this in words, not by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths. Spiritual words help us interpret spiritual truths. What are spiritual words? What else but the Word of the Lord? The Word of the Lord are spiritual truths. They are spiritual pillars to guide us in the way we act, live, and breathe on earth. So if you want to discern God's will, if you want to make godly decisions and godly intentions, there is no way that you can do it apart from studying, living, standing, meditating on the Word of God. Hindi kailangan babasa niyo Genesis to Revelation. Kailangan meron kayong mga binabasehan na truth, central truths to who God is that will guide your decisions and the in-between moments. Isipin niyo, devotion na lang today, God is a God who calls the blind to see. Okay, ang labo. Wala naman akong bulag na kilala, di ba? Ang labo eh. Pero that should show you that the God of the Bible is a God who does impossible things. Yun yung conclusion nyo dun sa blind story. What does that mean? So, nag-devotion ka na sa umaga. Eh, wala kang bulag sa kahapon. Wala kang nakilalang bulag. Parang wala namang kwenta tong devotion. Wala namang bulag eh. But no, your imagination has to be bigger. It means, what are some impossible situations that I cannot see, that God wants me to see today? Maybe he's opening up my eyes for something I've never seen. Something I never imagined. Where could it be? How could it be? Meron ba? And so now you're putting on the spiritual lens to see the world through the risen sun. And through him you see everything else. Every day, just meditate on one passage. Allow it to guide your light. And change the way you see the world. You'll be surprised at what God does with a person who meditates on his law day and night. How have been, we been allowing the Spirit to lead our minds into understanding and instruction? It should lead you to discern spiritual truths in spiritual things. Okay, mag-overtime na naman tayo. Malapit na. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Setting your minds. Setting your minds. It means your Putting your mind intentionally in the perspective of God. Okay, okay. Alma, how will God think? You can't answer that question if you don't know God. If you've never read the Bible and asked God, oh, that's how you think pala. So open your Bibles tomorrow, maybe later, and have that lens. Lord, how do you think? Show me how you think through this story and this verse today. Show me how you think about things, about sin, about forgiveness, 
about homosexuality, about drunkenness, about drugs, about pornography, about women. Show me how you think. And as you glean meditations, step on it, steep in it, and allow his mind to inform the way you do life. It starts with the mind. Then, we walk by the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. It says, if you only think like I think and you allow my spirit to lead you, lahat ng yun, wala sa buhay nyo. Mga impurity, sexual immorality, jealousy, enmity, strife, anger, mawawala yun. Because if you walk by the Spirit, the flesh is stifled. Kumbaga, one way lang. One way street. If you allow the Spirit to go, there's no way the flesh can cross. Keep on walking by the Spirit. Your flesh will be subdued. Walk by the Spirit. But it, sets with, it starts with setting your minds on the Spirit, then you walk by it, and you continually be led by it. <coughs> Sorry, you come off. Okay, last three. I hope this is what you take home from today. Meditation. Set your minds on the things of the Spirit. Words of God for you from this morning, from your devotions, from the Word of God. Meditate. Sit on it. Allow it to be your lens as to how you interpret every conversation. Obedience. If you keep on meditating but you don't obey or walk, voila, the flesh will win. The flesh will really win. The, the religious rulers were meditating on scriptures, but they didn't allow it to change the way they obeyed, the way they act, the way they thought, the way they responded to Jesus. The question is not about knowledge or meditation. It's also about the walking and allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit. So most Christians, we start and end with meditation, but we haven't obeyed that much. So obey more. One simple obedience a day. What is God asking you to do today? How will God think about today? And then yield. Continually yield your lives to the Spirit. What the hands, heart, and mind of Christ would do. That would mean that you would have to know Him that well. Like Killian Murphy knows Nolan. So let's end with this. Wait, not that one. Oh, natanggal yung isang slide. Tama, I added it late pala. Does God need the power of man to get things done? No, He absolutely does not. You know what should be the thesis? Man needs the power of God to get things done. Man absolutely needs the power of God to get things done. So if you've been doing your life without God, you will... Live and die, have business, have kids, but you would not have done anything spiritually to contribute to the story that you, you were entered into. Naging extra ka lang sa movie. Wala, wala kang role. But if you allow your life to be led by God, then you will get things done. To the plot, to the story. You'll be part of God's unfolding plan and unfolding story. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's still true. But the thing is, we are not our leaders. Paul, Apollos, and Peter are not our leaders. It matters who our leaders are following. Is Paul following the leadership of Christ? Is Apollos following the leadership of Christ? If the answer is yes, they can be followed. Anything is possible with those who follow God. I hope we learn how to follow the leadership of Christ. Let's end here with a moment of silence for you as you listen and discern what the Spirit wants to teach you and take home for you this morning. <laughs>